0: Hello, Russell here. I'm excited to share some of my conversation with David Eagleman. This is a brilliant conversation with an extraordinary man. He's a neuroscientist. Check out his I don't know if it's a TED talk. Look at his God versus not God talk on YouTube. Absolutely fantastic. He specializes in brain plasticity, time perception, synesthesia, and how all these things inform our understanding of consciousness and the difference between the inner world and outer world. This little clip here that we're giving you is the like this was we'd finished the podcast. We just were hanging out now and we just but we carried on chatting it's a brilliant bit of conversation and I think we chose it because I said a bit more than the the whole rest of the conversation in which I just sat back agog listening to this man's incredible understanding compassion and, and, and great ability to teach here there's much more me being you know frivolous and silly but also it's just a bloody good conversation i'm very very pleased with it if you want to hear all of this stuff you can get a luminary subscription because all this stuff is paid for by Luminary. It's an ad-free thing that i do it's 2.99 a month that's if you're paying in dollary dues that's uh, to get an annual plan plus you get a seven day free trial anytime you want visit luminarypodcasts.com to start your free trial not available in all markets subject to local currency terms apply <laughs> Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a no, successful route. That,
1: that, that, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology.
0: What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told. And welcome to Russell Brand. Under the Skin. Again, this... This area that I'm, as best I can, exploring, the discovery of the sacred is sort of what I'm interested in. And this, the um, how the sacred could be revitalized in contemporary life to provide an alternative to the narrow bandwidth of current political discourse to alter sort of the uh, uh, presumptive teleologies around say nation and uh, economics that that if you if we were to somehow appreciate again that we are surrounded by these invisible realms which you you know articulate and uh, describe so beautifully that that we could be building all sorts of realities this is but one possible reality we're not operating just on well it's either you vote this or you vote that you know like you know there's there's so many ways that we could organize reality
1: yeah this is exactly this is exactly by the way why i love doing public dissemination of science stuff is because i feel like it my hope anyway is that it opens up people's minds to this issue of not, you know, I vote this or that and and you're doing exactly the same thing from from the point of view of the sacred and so on. But we're all on the same thing, which is trying to break people out of the hamster wheels that is so easy for us all to get onto.
0: I really felt that in parts of our conversation when you talked about synesthesia and like that sort of the the limited colours of the alphabet, you know, and like you said, language already so limited that we're sort of operating within systems, inhibiting systems, you know, again, like this, I hope is not at the cost of my or uh, 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 general optimism, but my feeling is that we live within cult- cultural operating systems that prevent people from self-actualizing, self-realizing. And, you know, it's come up so many times in our conversation, the, the unconscious prejudices or whatever kind of prejudices they are indicated by the sort of, you know, the religious or non-religious denotation on the hand. And um, I... I feel like I, well, what I want to do is to make people recognize that, yes, of course, that we are all distinct, different, and unique, as is evident from our DNA and even our fingerprints and our irises, but we are also bloody similar in so many ways, favoring conflict and altercation above cooperation is um, you know, unhealthy, unhelpful, unnecessary.
1: Yeah. I'm just curious, do you feel like... <clears throat> The, the cultural influences that we have um, – well, actually, there are two questions. One is no matter what culture we were to grow up in, even if it were 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, we'd have cultural influence influences. We'd be molded by something around us. Do you, do you have a, a feeling that <clears throat> if you got someone to break out of their current cultural influence, which is probably impossible because it's so deeply embedded, but – but is there something better that you would see as the thing they should be in?
0: Yes. I, I, I do believe that. And I- you know, of course, sort of to your point about it, how would you ever break someone out of their cultural influence because, in a sense, we are our cultural influence. Where does the self end where does this where what is our perception fomented upon? I thought once about on a much more personal and minute level about the reason it 's impossible to be objective about your mother is because you are your mother she she taught me those words, she taught me those feelings i i, I how can i I am her at some deep, deep part of me, you know. Um, in some totemic way, and um, and and I feel that the answer may lie in uh, in, in our anthropolog- anthropological origins, not in a sort of cod Rousseauian way, but in a sort of, in a sense, honouring what is it that human beings do and require organically. How can we? Um, you know, rep not necessarily replicate. I want to say, sort of, it'd be more like simulate in this day and age. That, or at least somehow regard it, while also making use of the great technological, medical, uh, and philosophical to a degree advances that we have made. It seems like now that all of this scientific discovery that you are describing is all getting ultimately flung into a pre-existing paradigm, which will prohibit the proper um, proper utilisation of that data, because much of that data might lead to, hey, hang on a minute, we're all the same, aren't we? And it's possible that all sorts of different energies and things are operating around us, and, well, we know this for a fact, and, wow, we've just discovered you can see polluted water. You know, the biases are so, like, you know... The systems of dominance are not going to collapse. And like even when you were saying the thing about the coronavirus there, David, I was thinking, well, much of what's happening is to protect economic systems rather than to protect individuals. There was a point even in the UK where they explicitly were like, well, let's just try this herd immunity thing. And then people were like, well, that's going to mean this number of people will die. <laughs> and and I think it's only because a lot of people didn't want their grandparents to die that they, that they balked at it.
1: That's right. But the fact is, the the people and the governments did balk at that in the end. In other words, it's okay for everyone to throw out their hypotheses of like, hey, maybe we should do this, maybe we should do that, because this is totally uncharted territory for everyone involved. So for someone to say, look, we can't let the economy do this. Let's go back. That didn't happen. Everybody has said, you know, nope, schools are staying shut down. Cities are staying shut down. And in other words, the science has won which is kind of amazing.
0: Yes, it is in a sense. But what about, let's take like a historic example, like the end of slavery. I feel that it's like people start to think, hang on a minute, this isn't right. For you know it's a couple of centuries, yeah, this is cool. There's no problem. Let's keep this out. Then eventually the sort of the campaign for abolition becomes more popularized. People start to viscerally understand, hold on, this is wrong but then what social adjustments are actually made in the subsequent centuries what are that is the current impact of those decisions my, to to simplify this if yet further um like uh, my feeling is that the sort of decision that gets made after the abolition of slavery is what's the how can we maintain domination of a worker class as best as possible but we can't actually do literal slavery anymore. The game's up. But what we can do is this sort of close version, zero hour contracts, immigrant labor, disposable life, outsourcing to countries that haven't pro- um, progressed or if progress is the right word, aren't on the same page about labor laws or child. You know, so I still think that there are somewhat not mendacious, but profit oriented motives present You know, so like with something like, you know, we'd say, oh, we've really improved. We've progressed out of slavery. I would say, yeah, the bare minimum, (laughs) you know, like the bare minimum. And I think in a sense that your field of expertise and the uh, some of the others that you are au fait and familiar with operate somewhat as false markers. Because there is evident progress, you know, from the, you know, even in the time since Carl Sagan, we think fucking hell, humanity is really coming along. But I think in other areas, that kind of the the um, correlative progress is impeded because of social, financial, and and uh, other imperatives, political imperatives.
1: Yeah, that is totally right. That's totally right. Each thing requires examination on its own. Uh, you know, you're you're totally right. That's why I am so optimistic because I'm just in the world of science and see all the stuff going on. But you, I know you spend a lot of time thinking about these structures and you're less optimistic about that and i see why. I'm optimistic
0: about change i'm optimistic about human beings i'm optimistic about beauty i just feel that unless we somehow are able to uh, metastasize this knowledge into social change it will just become another product someone will work out another app on an iphone from that water thing or a way of selling it back to us or whatever
1: yeah 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 i mean the good news the good news i think is this thing that i brought up before which is that when, when science can be there and sort of be ready when a county runs out of money and says, Jesus, what are we going to do with all these inmates? We don't have enough room to do this. If science can be there to say, hey, look, here's a different idea, um, we can sort of take advantage of these systems to, to say, look, you can actually save money this way. And they say, well, we've never thought about rehabilitating people, but if I can you know, keep my profit, then let's do it.
0: You're right. And I think you're right that that is the language that will be most effective, you know, that the sort of profit oriented, scientifically underwritten. Um, but like, um, you know, sort of my point would be that, you know, the reason that those, you know, like already we know the impact of privatization on prisons. We know who the type of people are that end up in prison. And that's where my it's not actually cynicism. It's more like sort of um, passion and a kind of an agenda really a, a, a cynicism about a sort of a prevailing mentality, but not per, per, per cynicism about our condition more broadly.
1: Do, do you have an opinion or, or a, a pathway that you think about, about moving society to a place where it is not profit driven by individuals where fundamentally they're not saying, how do I gain from the situation?
0: Personal awakening, a kind of, um, Evangelicism, like a sort of evangelicism for people awakening as individuals, and, and then a sort of decentralization model where possible, that power should be in the hands of the people most affected by it. To ask people to question the sort of most um, cherished or even unconscious is perhaps a better word ideals about the way that power structures are set up. Oh, we have the state now. Well, the state's a relatively modern idea. Is it working? Do we need that? Is it good to govern people in groups of 300 million? Is that working for everyone? Is in the, like I read the other day that um, the Duke of Westminster had donated $12 million Pound to the NHS or whatever, but sort of in the same article, it said he's got five billion. And it's like the Duke of Westminster that's just someone that's family's had that money for hundreds and hundreds of years. And at some point, if you look back far enough, a bunch of people killed another bunch of people and took that money. And you know, and I feel that like those kind of story I feel that we could mobilize a narrative about people taking back power, but I think that for it to not just, you know, replace the kind of mentality that I'm currently critiquing, you would have to have the only place I've seen them legitimately sort of held are in kind of spiritual communities, which obviously come with some pretty serious baggage.
1: Mm. Just out of curiosity on this one last point. um, Sometimes people get their wealth by killing other people and taking their wealth that way. What's that?
0: What, like genius and hard work? or?
1: Well, exactly. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, I, I, I know the history of America better than of England, but, you know, all the major magnates here got there by building the railroad system or the ships or the whatever, or you've got, yeah, it takes someone like Elon Musk, right? He's doing, he's doing fucking great stuff. He's doing really great stuff. It's not like he went and took someone else's money um, and...
0: I think that Kehinde Andrews, the professor of Black Studies at Birmingham University, would say that the achievements of Carnegie are underwritten by some serious brutality, and that you know, like the restitution, like that the reason that America won't entertain the conversation around restitution to formerly, you know, if not colonized, enslaved people, is because it america could not sustain that there would be no america or indeed britain if britain went india have back that you lot have back that persia have back that you know that that's it we're built on a a imperialism and domination and 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 when i say we i mean like you know if unless you are part of a relatively privileged elite then you are similarly subject to that dominion so you know that so i'm not suggesting that elon musk is anything other than a sort of a you know a, a, a genius and a, a pioneer i'm just saying that currently that all of his ingenuity enters into a system of commerce and commodification that and that there are other more pressing priorities than you know tesla at a time that at the times that we're living in and as long as we have this dominant ideology if it remains unaddressed i think that we're going to experience pretty major cataclysm.
1: What do you think? Well, Leslie, I'm just i curious about your point of view on this because um, take you and I, right? You mentioned that there's this problem where individuals are not able to self-actualize. You and I are, you know, we're self-actualized. We're doing what we want to do. Now, almost certainly, we've had a lot of advantages that we're not even conscious of and things that happened well before we were born that put us there. Um but I'm curious how you, let's just take the two of us as people who are you know, trying to actualize ourselves. How do you think about this in terms of restitution and so on? Should, should you and I go and find people who were disadvantaged by our ancient ancestors, you know, our, our distant ancestors of a century ago and do some, I mean, how do you think about restitution with us?
0: I think that that would possibly have more value than the more global ideas that I was discussing. Certainly, based on experience, like I've found, like small acts of compassion and accepting personal responsibility and acting on that have been more, I would say, I don't know, spiritually or psychically, you know, uh, better neurologically uh, uh, beneficial to me. You know, I've felt better. The most obvious example being once I did this big charity event to raise money for drug addicts, recovering drug addicts, you know, not using drug addicts. And, uh, like, uh, and the, the, uh, w- while I was there, I m- my, one of my friends who was on the bill had his kid there who was about 20 and he went, will you talk to my boy? He's having trouble with drugs. And that, m- that moment, more than the live event that was being televised on the BBC and there was 10,000 people there in the room, and it was a- an arena, that had a kind of a- 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 an essential quality to it that far exceeded the more grandly framed philanthropy of the event where I was on a stage that moment of intimacy with that young man where I sort of said uh, like the, uh, I'm in recovery and this is how I felt and this is why I took drugs and this is why I do and if you want me to help you I'll help you that had a sort of a value that I can I can still feel it in me I can still feel it in me you know so yeah I, I, it does have personal implications I don't see you know, colonialism entirely in the abstract. I recognise that I'm a, 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 a white male. I recognise it more deep that I didn't invent the English language that provides me with a pretty continual revenue stream or the fact that comedy is a valued commodity. All of these things have just fallen into, fallen into my life. And yes, I see that as a kind of a, a, a debt of spirit. And I'd rather it was a debt of spirit than actual money because spirit is limitless and money is limited. all right that's all you're getting a david Eagleman. stop right there if you want to hear the rest of it go sign up to luminarypodcasts.com there's loads of under the skin on there as well as a brilliant podcast from lena dunham and her mate karamo's on there i'm going to be doing his podcast soon there's loads of brilliant content at a reasonable price go to luminarypodcasts.com to get access to all of that plus it's a really good app to sort of categorise and listen to all your podcasts on thanks guys um, hold on have we got the rights to use the lyrics to let it That well, it might not have been let it go it could be a sound like my baby